This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Podcast, yeah. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Petrie. Uh, this is a pick and podcast. I'm going to pick every single fight for UFC Ottawa. Sorry, I thought a bug was in my phone. I was ready to scream. Uh, decent little card. Went over it with a fine-tooth comb. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for all you for all you, you, you chumps out there. Um, not chumps. If you're listening to this, you're definitely not a chump. But spoiler alert. Um, there's a lot of underdogs I like in this. There's a lot. You know, uh, I, I listened to some pickums already. I listened to some experts pick. And a lot of them are, are the same way. Um, this card's really priced really weird. It, there's some really tough matchups. It's a really hard card to pick. Surprising, some of these guys are underdogs. If I'm being completely honest with you, it's, I mean, there, there's a lot of toss-ups. I just feel like I'm really siding with the underdogs here. I mean, I got a, I got a few written down already, and we'll go through it and hopefully make some money. Speaking about money... Um, just, uh, got, got the wife, you know, I, I brag about her quite a bit on the podcast and, and I'm so proud of her for being so talented and smart and funny and lovely to me and an amazing mom and yeah, 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 I didn't go on and on. And we just got back from the Apple store because we got her a desktop computer. You know, I'm a Mac guy. We go Mac in this house and, um, <clears throat> you know, she needs it for her, her, her side business because, you know, she's full-time you know, she works full time, then she stays up all night, you know, doing her thing for her company, her, you know, her shop or whatever. I say company, I mean, it's not that, you know, it's, you know, it's a company. Yeah, it is a fucking company. And she's just an incredible woman and, and, and she's needed a computer for a while. She had my old one. She had my old MacBook. I upgraded last year and, and, and it was time for her to get a nice little desktop and get everything set up. So I've been setting that up all day, hooking up printer. Let me tell you something. We bought this little printer, HP. Um, first off, I'm an Apple guy, Apple, you need to make computers. Okay. Um, excuse me, printers. So this HP, we got forever ago. It was like 50 bucks. It was really small. It was perfect for a real quick story before we jump into the fights. There's no display on it. Right. So you got to do everything through the app on the, on the, on the thing. And I'm very tech savvy. Um, I consider myself that I can figure anything out. So we hooked it up to the old laptop and then we got new internet. Right, so our internet flip flops. So then I couldn't figure out how to fucking connect it to our new internet, and it was driving me nuts. Like going, I gave up. I said, you know what, fuck it, just use my printer. I can't figure it out, right? Because my printer has a little touch screen display where I can just go, oh, here's our new network, here's a password, bada bing, bada boom. Her printer doesn't have that. It has the app, and it was this whole thing. So with what she's got going on, a lot of orders, a lot of things going out. She needs, she has her little digital scale and she needs to print labels. And she kept coming up in, in, in the office and printing for my computer or my printer and computer, which is fine, but it, it doesn't benefit her at all. So this HP has no thing and you got to run through the app. It was, I, I literally almost broke it. We literally almost went and bought a new one just because, and this one's perfectly fine. It's real small, fits on her ledge or whatever, just like she likes it. So I set up her computer, which is super easy. And then I sat there. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let this fucking printer defeat me. I'm going to I'm gonna get it, right? I'm going to figure it out. And, uh, you know, with, with, with a clear head and a calm voice and uh, uh, not being so impatient, I figured it out quite easily. However, it's still total bullshit, HP. 
So I'm calling out HP because make it easier. And then I'm calling out Apple because make a printer. You have everything else. Why wouldn't you make a printer? They carry printers there for like photos and shit. And I think they carry some other ones. But make a printer, dude. Like you have computers, you have iPhones, you have all these things. Make a printer. I mean, come on, Apple. I mean, I, I don't know how hard it is to make a printer. I know HP fucking obviously doesn't work too hard on it. So, you know, shouldn't be a problem. Anyway, let's get to the fight. UFC Ottawa. Um, love the main event. There's some fights on here I think can be really competitive. It's one of those cards that I'm not going to shit on like I did the Russia card. Um, I love the main event. The main events can be fireworks for sure. There's no way both those guys, I, Quinta or Cerrone, could have a boring fight. But um, the rest of the card, you know, it 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 is what it is. It's not uh, it's not terrible. It's not you know, it's not the best thing um I've seen ever. Um, so uh, you know, it is what it is. Oh, and real quickly, um, last week or last podcast, I told you about Chris Curtis. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, I'm not going to be spoiling any news um that hasn't been leaked yet by the PFL or Chris. But I mean, they got to release it sometime because. By the time you're, I'm, but I'm recording this on a Tuesday because the wife's got to work the rest of the week. So the only time I can get in is now. Um, Chris fights a week from Thursday. So this you'll probably be hearing this on Friday. I usually put these out on Friday. So with that being said, um, hopefully they release it. Lewis Taylor is out. He's fighting Andre Filho, who fought in Bellator before, got knocked out by Chidity in Junku. In a Janku, I, I know his brother fights too, Chad. I can't, I don't know why I'm mispronouncing his name. Really wild striker. Um, I, I looked up some footage of him. I think Chris is going to eat this guy alive. Lewis Taylor is a tough matchup because he, he he's he's a grappler and he's a grinder and he's and he's really hard to look good against because he's just awkward with everything and he appears to be pretty strong. Uh, for fighting at 185, I mean, he's ripped up. So coming down to 170, I imagine he's pretty strong. This dude is the exact opposite of Taylor where... He's he, he's decent in the clinch. He he can grapple a little bit. He's out of AKA, I believe, or at least he was. Um, but you know he's a, he's a striker at heart, and he and he throws hard and he throws often. Uh, that's not going to work against Chris. So breaking news: I'm sure it's going to be announced by the time you hear this. But Chris has got a new opponent for May 9th. Everyone tuned in to ESPN. I thought it was in ESPN Plus. It's on ESPN May 9th. PFL. Chris is going for the. One million. All right, so let's jump into Ottawa again before I get sidetracked. First fight of the night is going to be Mitch Gagnon, who hasn't fought in forever. He's 12-4. and four. He's a minus-125 favorite versus Cole Smith, who is and 6-0, who's a plus-100, 105, depending where you go, um, underdog. Cole Smith making his UFC debut. Canadian guy on Canadian soil. Um, I looked at his record. I didn't really recognize many people he's fought. Uh, I looked at some tape on him, wasn't overly impressed with him. Mitch Guy Young has been around for a long time, hasn't fought since 2016, I think, two and a half years, almost three years. Had a lot of fights fall through with injuries and whatnot. I'm not sure really what's going on, but he's kicking the fight off, uh, kicking the night off here in uh, Canada. Um, I, you know, I, there's not much upside betting either of these guys because Matt Guy Young's been out for a while. And he's got an interesting style. He's a pretty good striker, good submission guy, but obviously wrestling and submissions is bread and butter. Cole Smith, kind of a jack of all trades. I think he's more of a grappler than he is a striker. So um, I'm sure if they cancel out, I think Mitch Gong Young's a little more tighter on his feet. And uh, obviously the UFC veteran, he's fought in the UFC several times. So I'm going to pick Mitch Gong. I probably won't bet this. I'll probably stay away from this if I'm being honest with you. 
I don't know enough about Cole Smith. I don't like his record. I don't like this matchup for him. I think Guy Young's going to come out. However, if you're feeling froggy, you want to bet Cole Smith at plus 105, be my guest. Jump the, start, uh, jump the night off with an underdog. However, I mean, he's 6-0, and hasn't been around a long time, UFC debut, a lot of pressure on his shoulders, so, um, you know, I wouldn't trust it. So I'm going mixing that Guy Young. I like saying his name. It's like Kay Young. Uh, next up, you got Juan Adams, who is 5-0. He is a minus-120 favorite. He's versus Arjan Bulua. Bulua? Bala? Um, he is 8-1. and one. He is a minus-110 underdog-ish. About, it's a pick and fight, obviously. It's a pick and fight. This is going to flip-flop either way. I really like what Juan Adams said after the Greg Hardy fight. I believe he called out Greg Hardy and said, you know, I wish I was fighting guys like that. Aryan is a really good Bula, is a really good grappler. Um, has one loss in the UFC, I believe. Who'd you lose to, you son of a bitch? Um, I, uh, he beat Andre Arlovsky, I think, right? Or did he lose to Arlovsky? I'm looking it up now. Okay, so Adam Weissernock. He never fought Arlovsky. Way off. That's right. Adam Weissernock was getting dominated in that fight. Uh, uh, they were fighting. And uh, he got dominated and then caught a Kimura late or something like that. Well, anyway, Juan Adams is a big boy, young, 5-0 in the UFC, comes from the Contender Series, has a lot to learn, has a lot to uh, grow on, didn't look great in his last outing. He he gassed out pretty quick. Um, decent on the ground. He's not going to be good off his back. I already know that right now. But he's a big, strong guy, so I don't know how many takedowns he will be able to give up. Um, if he has a little bit of cardio, I think he, he, he can uh, withstand that. Uh, this is a really tough fight to pick. I mean, I can understand why this is a pick I think Vegas got this line exactly right. Um, a lot of people don't know who Buller is, but he's a definitely has a hard style. However, I'm feeling froggy. I'm going to take Juan Adams. I like the upside of Juan. He's a big, strong kid. Uh, I like that he called out Greg Hardy, so maybe he's getting points for that for me because you don't hear a lot of people really calling out Greg Hardy that are in the heavyweight division. Um, I like that he did. I think that would make sense for him and Greg to fight next if he wins this. I mean, why not? They both had almost the same pro MMA experience with Juan Adams having a little bit more fights in him. Um, I like Juan's size. I like his power. Hopefully, he's worked on his cardio a little bit and obviously take down a fence. And Bull is kind of a one-trick pony, decent on the feet, but you know he's going to try to get you to the ground and pound you out that way. But I like Juan Adams, um, but it's a very tough fight to pick. It's, it's fucking... And razor thin on paper, so we'll see how that plays out. Next up, we got Kyle Nelson, who is twelve and two. He's a plus one seventy five underdog versus Matt Sales, who is seven and two. He's a minus two twenty. Is he that high? Two twenty five. I got him here, uh, favorite, which I think is a little high for Matt Sales. I like Matt Sales. I think he looked good on the Contender Series. He lost his UFC debut versus Shaman Rice, which is no shame in that because. No shame in losing to Shaman. Nailed it. Um, Morais is as tough as they come. He had a really good competitive fight against Sadiq Yusuf. And uh, I, I'm very high on Sadiq. Uh, sales comes from AKA. Look good on the Contender Series. He's been around for a while. Um, well, not really around for a while, but I feel like I know, I've know i known his name for a while. He's only had nine fights. This will be his 10th fight. Kyle Nelson, a guy I don't know all that well. He's 12-2. and two, Decent little record. I believe he's Canadian. Is that why he's getting a go here? Um, yep, Canadian. Um, I had sales as an upset over Shane Rice last time I last time he fought. I obviously got that wrong. I hate him at this number. Plus two twenty five or minus two twenty five is crazy. Um, I think there's definitely some value in betting Nelson because uh, you know, Matt Sales isn't like this world beater. I think he's the highest 
next to um he's the third highest you know macy's higher and so is nordine uh but other than that he's the third highest uh line on this card which i think is crazy i think this fight i think sales is very good i think he's gonna win don't get me wrong i'm i'm picking sales but i'm not betting this fight i'm, I'm avoiding this fight all the way this is like a trap fight where you get a guy who's, who's young but he's he, you know he sees that number like oh i'm minus i'm minus two to one on this kid I'm going to smoke this guy. You know what I mean? Um, he's a young fighter, and I, I don't like him that high right now. Uh, but I do like him to win the fight. But, you know, if you're feeling crazy, if you're feeling itchy, you can bet Nelson. But, again, I think this is a fight that you should maybe avoid. There's a lot of fights to pick in this. We'll get obviously get to them as we get through the card. This isn't one of them, boys. All right. Next up, you got Kyle Prep Preposek. Prilosek, Prepasek, Kyle Prepasek, who's 12 and 5. He's a plus 300 underdog versus Nordine Talib, who is 14 and 6. He's a minus 400 favorite. Um, a lot of on, on um, Odd Shark here, a lot of people are picking Kyle to win. Uh, they're not impressed with Nordine. Nordine was supposed to fight. I got it, I got it, I got it. Sahara Balazara, Sahara Balazara, which is a tough fight for Nordine. Nordine is a guy that gets overlooked a lot, tough as nails. You're not going to finish the fucking guy. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, Kyle, Prilosek, Prepasek, whatever. Um, I've, I've never seen a lot of tape on him. He's got a good record. He's 12 and four. Well, not a great record. I'm sorry. I thought that's a 12 and one. He's 12 and five. Been around for a little bit. Um, I believe he is Canadian. He's getting a short fight here. I'd imagine so that he is Canadian. He absolutely is. Um, again, not overly impressed with his record. I looked at his record before. Uh, a lot of decision wins. A lot of uh, guys, you know that he probably should be beating or whatever like that. He was supposed to fight, um, um, excuse me, he had a fight signed with Mike Santiago uh, in June that got that got bumped for for this fight. Uh, he has a win over Cody Fister, who's a former UFC guy. He's also my, uh, Alex Ricci, I think Mike Ricci's brother. Uh, Kevin Lee beat him in gu you know, a guillotine. He's had some Bellator losses. So the guy's been around for a while. He's definitely not a, a, a high-caliber guy at this point in his career. Maybe he never will be. Nordim's a solid, solid fighter. I think a lot of people overlook um, for many reasons, and I think Nordim's going to win. However, again, him being this high is crazy. I know it's a short notice fight. I know the guy's, you know, uh, not, you know, doesn't have the biggest wins on his record. However, um, him being a minus 400, is just insane. I mean, that's, I think he's going to win and I don't think it's a lock of the night by any means. So having that at minus 400 is crazy. So again, a lot of these early fights, I would avoid betting. Um, if you're going to bet anybody and you need to bet someone in the beginning, I would bet Matt sales, maybe Mitch guy young, even though he's been around, he's been away for a while. So I'm a little nervous about that. But um, a lot of these early fights are really tough to predict, and, and I would just stay away from a lot of them because we're going to get into the meat of the card, and, and that's when you need to start throwing some money around. Next up, you got Vince Morales, who is 8-3. He's a plus-140 underdog. He is fighting Osman Zahabi, uh, Faraz Zahabi's brother. He's 7-1, minus-170 favorite. Zahabi got knocked out his last time he fought. Uh, I believe it was a spinning back fist, knocked him out. Um, solid fire, good striker, smart kid, uh, really well-rounded, really solid everywhere. He's, I think his main weapons, his main thing is striking. He's got some good kind of Taekwondo karate style to him. Um, shaving got knocked out, got knocked out in the third round, a very competitive fight. You know, that, uh, you know, there's no shame in that. Um, he, that other than that, he had, he's hadn't lost before. 
He obviously changed that TriStar with a with a good camp. Yeah, Ricardo Ramos knocked him out, and Ramos is a beast, right? Ramos is is no joke. That's a tough tough out there for uh, Zahabi. I like Zahabi in this fight. Vince Morales is a guy that there's some very upside to the plus one forty next to his name for sure. Um, you, you can get your money there because Zahabi's coming off a knockout, and obviously I think this is a very evenly match fight. I think Morales is a solid guy. I think he's got a good wrestling. Uh, pedigree, um, and I think, um, you know, it's tough because I think Zahabi trains so smart. I think the wrestling's not going to be that big of a deal, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, but uh, I, I do like uh, Zahabi in this fight. Vince Morales, so interesting number next to that fucking name. So if you're feeling itchy, you can you can jump on Morales, but... There's some undercards later in this fight that I think you guys should pick. Trust me, I'm getting to the undercards. I'm getting to the underdogs, okay? The undercards is chock full. Did I did I pick one underdog for this? Uh, maybe Juan Adams, which was kind of a toss-up. You don't you really don't know. I think that, that line's fluctuating. Um, yeah, that was it. I didn't pick any underdogs. All right, and I'm not going to pick the underdog in the next fight. So you got Sarah Marais. Next up, you have Sarah Marais, who is 5-4. Five 5-4. and four. Five and four. Is she 5-4 four or 5-4? Five 5-4. Four? Five four. Actually... Typology has her five, five, uh, five and four, and Oshar comes with five and five. Hmm, what is it? She is a plus 450 underdog versus Macy Shazan. I think I pronounce her name wrong every time. Shazan, she won the Ultimate Fighter. She's 6 and 0, 5 and 0. She's a minus 650 favorite. Um, absolutely, she is. I think I think Shazan should be this favorite. Marice is a girl who's been around for a while. Uh, name recognition. I think if I'm thinking the right girl, am I, do I have the wrong woman? Do I have the wrong Sarah Marice? Let me see. I don't have the wrong one, right? Yeah. No, this one that fought Pena. Raquel Pennington. Yeah, she's been around for a while. Yeah, so she was on the Ultimate Fighter. Came from there. Lost to Jolia Pena in the semifinal. She won her other two fights there. Um, she is 0-2. She has one win in the UFC. Other than that, she is 1-3 in the UFC. This is a tough fight. Uh-uh, and I'm really surprised she took this fight. Uh, Macy's a beast. She's good everywhere. She finishes girls quick. She's one of the few women besides Chris Cyborg that are fucking finishers, which the women's division need. They also need, you know, 135ers, 145ers to really step up and start cracking. 115, usually the lighter weights are the more skilled weights. Women, um, a lot of them are, 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 you know, it's very new to them still. It's it's not like they've, a lot of them have been evolved into like, you know, there's some women out there that are incredible fighters. But Macy Shazan, I think, is one of the women that are really turning that corner and being fantastic um, I like her a lot. She's tall for the vision, good strikes, good ground game. Uh, I think she mows down Marice or Morose. Um, I, I don't know how you pronounce her name. Sorry, Sarah with an H. Um, this might be my lock of the night. I know it's a crazy high line, and, and there's no way you should bet 650 to make 100 on any MMA fight ever. However, throwing her in a parlay, mixing with some other things, just to get a couple bucks, um, there's nothing wrong with that because I do think she's going to dominate. I think she's going to look great. And uh, hopefully she's got a good call out coming because I think she's only two fights away from really, you know, competing with a Nunez, with the Cyborg, whoever's really she wants. I think she's maybe four or five or three or four fights away from that. I think she's that good. Next up, we have Andrew Sanchez, who was 10 and four. Excuse me. Andrew Sanchez was 10 and four. He or excuse me, 11, four. I, the, the records are all wrong here. Get it together. Odd shark and tapology. Jeez. I'm going to go with Tapology because they're, they're usually more accurate. So Tapology has him a 10 and 4. He is a minus 150 favorite. He is fighting Mark Andre. Oh boy, here we go. Balut. Mark Andre Balut. Andre 
Balut, French-Canadian maybe. He is Canadian. He's 11-1, making his UFC debut. Um, he is a plus-120 underdog. Man, let me tell you something. I've I've never liked Andrew Sanchez that much. Came from the Ultimate Fighter. He's so tough, though. And I, I don't put respect on his name. He's a good wrestler. He's very hot. He doesn't gas. He's going to outgrapple you. He's going to wrestle you. He's going to be on top. He's And he's a dog, right? He can take some shots. His stand-up needs some work. He throws some flashy stuff in there, and he is a little bit powerful, but his main thing is to throw that, to distract you, to get you against the cage, to get you down to the ground. He's going to make it ugly. I can see why he's the favorite here, right? Barlut, Canadian guy, you know, by all means, probably doesn't have the best wrestling in the world, if we're being honest. He's 11-1. He's a good kickboxer, good power. He's a finisher. He fought at 205. Now he's at middleweight. You know, um... He's making his UFC debut, but first underdog of the night right there, plus 120, Marc-Andre Balut. I think he's going to clip Sanchez. I think Sanchez is going to come out a little strong. Um, I think he's obviously knows this guy's power. He's his UFC debut. Hopefully, Andre Balut has a little bit of of cardio because he's going to need it against Sanchez. But if he clips Sanchez right, and I think he can get a finish, I think he he can get this done. I I like Marc-Andre Balut. I like saying his name. I'm probably mispronouncing it. All the way wrong. However, that's your first underdog of the night, and I like it. I like it. Next up, you got Walt Harris, who's 11 and 7. He's a minus 160 favorite. He is fighting, oh boy, Sergei Spivik. Sergei Spivik. I might have fucking now that. Who's 9 and 0. Who's a plus 140 underdog. Spivak, what country are you from? Sweden? Yeah, Sweden. Making his UFC debut. Uh, these are the big boys right here. Walt Harris is a guy. Um, that gets not a lot of credit because you know he'll he'll beat the up and comings, but he won't beat the fucking the guy that get where he goes. I remember his Werdum fight where he took on short notice and he just gave him his arm. Like I ah, just fucking beat me, dude. I want to get out of here. Sergey is, is is a good striker. He's powerful. He's strong. Walt has been around forever. He trains at a good camp. I like uh, I like his style. The you know the big hurt. I don't don't know what his nickname is, but it uh, it's cool. It fits him. Uh, Serge, I didn't spy Vic. I don't know a ton about him. I have seen some highlights, but you know what? I got that underdog fever. Underdog. 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 Give me Spivak as an underdog. I love it. I love that nine and zero. I think he's gonna he's gonna piece up Mark or Mark Walt Harris, and I think he's gonna I think he's gonna get it done. I think he's gonna maybe open the door to heavyweight division here for himself. It's wide the fuck open. And hopefully he's a killer and he gets Greg Hardy next and fucking knocks that guy's head next week. All right, next fight. Probably one of the fights I'm looking forward to the most. At least one of them maybe next to the main event. You got Marab Davashili. He's 8-4. and four. He's a minus 165 favorite. Fighting Bracketona, who is 9-0. and oh. He's a plus 135 underdog. This fight is two guys who are built exactly the same, two guys who fight relatively the same. Katona has some good strikes and a little bit better submissions, in my opinion. Marab is a fucking freak, cardio machine, grappler, uh, nonstop grappling. He's never going to get tired. He's position over submission. Katona, though, is a really good grappler himself, good jiu-jitsu, trains at TriStar, uh, won the Ultimate Fighter, um, has looked good standing up as well. Or does he? No, he trains at uh, SPG. I'm sorry. He trains out of SBG in, in Ireland, not Tristar. He's Canadian, though, that trains in Ireland. Um, I've doubted Katona the entire time he was on the Ultimate Fighter. I, I didn't think he was going to win. I didn't think he was all that good. He's impressed me since he's fought in the UFC. Uh, he's undefeated. He's never lost. Marab has some 
has some mix ups in the UFC. I mean, the Simone fight was was rough. He, he won his last time out, but everything's a close decision. I see that happening again. I see it being a very close decision. I do think Morab is going to get tagged a little bit. I think he's going to get he's going to maybe get put down once or twice. I think Katona has tight enough boxing and enough power to put him down. But Morab is pace is going to be really brutal to handle. Hopefully, Katona is in great shape. SBG fighters aren't really known for their cardio. Um, so hopefully he's, he's got his own cardio guy out there. I don't know. Uh, I haven't really seen, I mean, Katona's done three rounds before, but I've never seen him fight at a high pace. Like Marab's going to bring Marab is a fucking killer. Uh, with that being said, I'm picking the underdog. I love Brad Katona, uh, in this fight. I think they match up well. I think Brad's tangible. I think the thing that's going to set him apart is he does have a little bit more power in his hands. Marab sets everything up to get a takedown. I think it's going to be harder for him to get takedowns. And while he's working for the takedown, Katona's going to start tagging him up and piece him up a little bit. Don't think it's going to be a finish. Do not bet the finish on this. It's going to decision. I guarantee you'll probably be a split decision. If not, you know, a domination one way or the other. It is truly a pick and fight. I, I was really surprised Katona was the underdog here. Um, I like him over Marab. I just haven't been overly impressed with Marab in the UFC yet. Besides his cardio, besides his high pressure, and the fact that he didn't really go out in that Simone uh, thing, he got kind of screwed in that too. But I like Bracketona. Um, I just think he's a better fighter, uh, and this matchup serves him well. Next up, you got Cub Swanson, who's twenty-five and ten. He's a plus one fifty underdog. He's fighting just Shane Burgos, who's eleven and one, who's a minus one seventy favorite. I love this fight for Cub Swanson. Cub Swanson needs to get back in the win column. He needs. He's only fought in really high-level competition. I mean, the Brian Ortegas, the Frankie Eggers twice. He needs a guy like Shane Burgos who's on his way up, right? Shane Burgos is a devastating striker. He's got some power in his hands. Very impressed with every performance he's ever had in the UFC. Cub Swanson, though, very tricky vet. Seems to be getting better every time he fights. He's out of that camp with... Um, He's out of that camp uh, with TJ, so I don't know how the steroid thing's going to work. I know they have the same trainer, uh, the guy who, you know, whatever, uh, Sam Cavillo. I know they're working together with him. Uh, Cobb, Cobb used to box down in um, Palm Palmdale. What is that? Palm Springs? Uh, Palm uh, Desert? What, what, fucking Tim Bradley, wherever his coach was at. I don't know if he's doing that anymore. I think that kind of ruined his MMA a little bit because boxing's a little bit different in MMA, the way you move, the way you kick. And uh, Cubs got some nasty kicks. He's an exciting guy. It's it, you know um, he's only fought the best of the best, and he's and he's on a pretty nasty losing streak. I think Cubs too good to keep losing. Um, Shane Burgos, you know, got knocked out by Calvin Cater in a very exciting fight. Rebounded his last time out. This might be fight of the night. This is going to be insane. Shane Burgos is a, is a really good stand up boxer. Cub is tricky uh, with his boxing, but he he hits hard as well. Uh, different angles and whatnot. Cub can mix it up by taking it down as well. Uh, I love this fight. I'm picking Cub Swanson as an underdog. That's three underdogs in a row, people. Let's go. I love it. Cub Swanson gets this done. I think he, Cub Swanson needs a finish, um, and I think he'll get it here. I think he'll catch Shane Burgos with something, or Shane Burgos might put him out and make me look like an idiot. But I like the underdog. All right, next up, co-main event, I guess. Uh, Derek Brunson, who's 18-7. and seven. Minus 120 favorite versus Elias Sodoro, who's 17 to 2, is minus 110. Underdog, pick him. It's a pick him fight. Um, we'll see how this shakes out. I've never been impressed. I'm going to go ahead and say this. Never been impressed with Elias Sodoro. He's very funny on Twitter. Handsome as all get out, right? The, guy, the guy's got a look, right? Long hair. The guy does it, right? Derek Brunson, he's, he's very talented. Um, 
I, you know, I, I don't know what he's doing. He used to be with Jackson's and now he's just training out of North Carolina. He does have kids. Obviously family comes first, but, uh, I want him to go back to a camp. I think they need to settle him down a little bit. He comes out a little too aggressive. Everyone said he looked a little starstruck, maybe a little scared, a little timid against Stylebender, which 100% he did. With Adoro, there's nothing to worry about in the, the in the stand-up department, and there's nothing really to worry about on the ground besides getting taken down and, and, and laid on. Derek Brunson does have good wrestling. I don't think many people have been really able to manhandle wrestling. I don't think Theodora is. Theodora has... A great chin, stand up a little wild. Um, I'm not too worried. Derek Brunson's chin is a little weak, but I'm not worried about Theodore really catching him with anything. It's Theodore going to try to wrestle, and Brunson's going to counter with some big shots because he's a little wild. And Theodore can get hit, and he can take it. I think he lost his last fight out. I think Theodore lost handedly. Um, I guess he's a Canadian star. They're really pushing him in Canada. He's a co-main event here. Kind of an awkward matchup, if, if I'm being honest with you, but... The favors Derek Brunson. Not sure if he's an underdog. I'm gonna play half the tune, um, but I like Derek Brunson in this fight. I mean, what can I say? All right, main event time. The fight that I'm really excited. After going through the card, there's a lot of fights I'm excited about, but this fight I'm really excited about. You got Raging Ali Quinta, who's 14-4-1. He's a min- minus one thirty favorite versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone, who's thirty five and eleven. Who's a plus 100 underdog. That line has moved. Cowboy was plus 110 yesterday. Um, this fight's awesome, right? I was a little late to the owl bandwagon. I'm definitely not on it by any means, but I do see the value in him. I think he's great. I love the audio where he's like, you're booing me? You're booing me? Fuck you if you're booing me. That was great after his controversial win over uh, Masvidal. Al's been in there with some of the best in the world, right? He went five rounds with Khabib. He beat Kevin Lee twice. Cerrone came back down to 55 and, and, and pieced up Alex Hernandez and finished him. Before that, he finished Mike, uh, Mike Perry's submission. Cowboy's tricky, right? Cowboy's got some great kicks. Um, the matchup favors Iaquinta. Iaquinta moves forward. He throws big shots. Cowboy has a problem with that, or at least he hasn't had problems with that in the past. Iaquinta... I, you know, a lot of people like his boxing. I think it's a little amateur. I don't think it's the best. I do think he has power, but he's definitely not the cleanest in boxing. He's a little wild. He's a wild man. He's he's aggressive. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. Khabib outboxed him when they fought. I mean, Khabib stood up for two straight rounds with him and outboxed him. I mean, the guy's not a killer in his feet. I know he took that fight on 30 days notice or 30 hours notice or whatever, and he wasn't training for a five-round fight. Uh, Cerrone, I think, does best when he's moving forward. He has had trouble with boxers in the past. Jorge Masvidal pieced him up a little bit um, at 170. Anthony Pettis with the body kicks and everything like that at 55 forever ago. He does have trouble with some boxing. However, I I just, I'm not sold on Iaquinta being a superstar yet. I'm just not. Ray Longo on the Anakin Florian podcast was talking about how great uh, Al's looked. He's had a ton of injury problems in his career. I see Al, the only way he's really going to win this fight is mixing it up, mixing his punching with his takedowns. Cowboy's a lot harder to take down than you think. I think Cowboy might want to take Iaquinta down. I don't think Iaquinta's all that great off his back. He's been submitted before. Michael Chiesa submitted him. Um, and Michael Chiesa submitted him. I know he's been submitted one other, at least one other time. Um, Al's definitely beatable. I know he's fighting on kind of a different plane right now. Does have power, does have confidence with him. But him being banged up all the time really makes me nervous, right? He's getting paid good money now. I don't think he's going to back out of this fight with some nagging injury. 
Cowboy, I still think has it. I think this is his final run for a title. He's still going to sell. He's still going to be marketable. He'll still go to put um, you know seats in your uh, asses in the seats. But um, but I yeah, it's it's a really tough fight to pick, right? But um, Underdog. I'm taking Cowboy, baby. You're a cowboy, baby. I apologize for that. Uh, listen, I think Cowboy is more well-rounded. I think if he comes out focused and ready to go like the Cowboy and having fun and loose, throws his kicks out there, keeps his range, doesn't let Al close that much distance with those big punches because he does have power. It's a little bit of an awkward power, but he does have power. And if Cowboy can somehow get this fight to the ground as well, he's dangerous off his back. He's dangerous on top. Al's been susceptible to chokes in the past. Um, I think if if Cowboy wraps up an arm, I think I'll let that fucking thing break, if I'm being honest with you. Um, this is a really tough fight to pick, though. I, I, I've been flip-flopping back and forth. I'm recording this on Tuesday. The fight's until Saturday. Come Saturday, I might have a different opinion, but I'm locked in. I'm going Cowboy Cerrone. If he, if he goes even higher than plus 100, if he goes up to 150, I might, I might put some serious cash on him. You know, maybe buy another fucking computer. That's how much cash. So... All right, so that's the fights. Ottawa's going to be great. Um, I will talk to you guys next week. We'll recap everything. I believe um, after the 4th, we got UFC 237. Also, that Thursday uh, before the weekend, May 9th, is Chris Curtis on ESPN. So definitely watch that on the PFL. I'll remind you next week when we talk about the recap of Ottawa and everything. And hopefully we can get someone on the pick. Um, I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to reach out to somebody and try to get that done so we can uh we can I have other people to pick against during um during a pay-per-view. That'd be fun. Try to get someone every pay-per-view to pick against. You know, these fight nights, you know, that happen so frequently. We'll try to get someone in the pay-per-view. All right. So that's the show. A lot of underdog picks there to chew on. And I hope you guys win a lot of money. I'll see you next week.